Welcome to the Vegas Voice Podcast Network. The Vegas Voice, the voice for your health, wealth, and good times, and Nevada's most powerful senior media resource. I'm John the Announcer, and happy to introduce the various Vegas Voice segments and interviews that you can also find in our magazine, on our websites, and YouTube channel. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy listening to the Vegas Voice. Hello, everybody. My name is BJ Colleen, and I am here for my very first podcast with The Vegas Voice. And if you do know who I am, that's great. If you don't know who I am, I will introduce myself. I started working for Dan in The Vegas Voice in 2016, uh, 17, I believe. So it went, went fast. I, that's something I have to say. But I am the automotive writer for the magazine. And my column is Down the Road that you may have read. And I love doing the column, but it's only 350 words. And for people who are writers, you know how hard that is. So I love being able to come here and do the podcast. This is my very first one because I don't have to spell check, number one, which is a big bonus when you're when you're on the air and you have to worry about it when you're writing. But I also talk a lot, so I'll have some a lot of things to say about it. And just to give you a little bit about my background, I am an automotive journalist by trade. I've been in the industry, boy, longer than I can remember, probably about 35 years. I started out at Motorcyclist Magazine as an editorial assistant and worked my way up to be the road test editor at Motor Trend Magazine. I was the first female editor on staff, which is a big plus. And cars have kind of been my, my life. My dad was an automotive enthusiast, and he called me over and said, hey, come here one day. And I went, and I learned how to work on my car and do oil changes and tune-ups and all kinds of fun things. And my first car was a 1975 Ford Pinto runabout. So maybe someday we'll just do a show about first cars because that's always a fun story. So if you have topics that you want to hear from me, please email me at bjkdtr at gmail.com. And I must admit, I've been a little lax checking my email, and I found some emails recently, and I answered them, so I apologize to those who have been late, but I will not be neglectful, I promise, in the future. So let's get started. Today, I want to talk about asking yourself when it's time to stop driving, and that is a huge, huge question because we know how important cars are to us, but I want to share a couple little stories Not that long ago, an 83-year-old man was driving near Dean Martin Drive in West Wigwam in the early evening, and he suffered a medical episode and drove over the median into oncoming traffic. And the car struck a light pole and overturned, and it ejected him, and he was transported to the hospital where he later died. And in Austin, Texas, a 17-year-old woman named Katie Bolka was stopped at a red light when a vehicle driven by a 90-year-old woman was traveling 45 miles per hour and slammed into her car and sent her to the hospital, and she died a few days later. Now, I'm not saying that all these things were caused because they were elderly drivers, but the bottom line is that elderly drivers do cause a fair amount of accidents. Now, in everybody's defense, so do younger drivers, but a study done by by the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, which is IIHS, if you don't know it, you can go to their website, IIHS.org, And they did a study where drivers under 19 account for about 5% of all crashes, but drivers at 75 or older are about 6.5% of crashes. So older drivers do have more crashes, and there's a lot of reasons for it. But we're going to get into that in just a minute. But I do want to talk about trying to decide when it's time to stop driving. And this is probably one of the hardest decisions you will ever have to make in your life. 
Why? Because when we started driving, it was all about freedom. Let's be honest. You couldn't wait to get your driver's license. That was so important to you because it was freedom. It was getting out of your parents' house and it was going to your friends or going to the beach if you lived in Southern California or you just couldn't get anywhere without a car. Now, if you lived in New York, like Dan did, I know it's probably a little bit different. You walked everywhere, you took the subway. But when you're a Southern California kid or even out here anywhere on the West Coast, you had to drive. It was so important. But you were really somebody to get your first car and being able to have that freedom to go places and do things. It was really, really important to everybody. And again, to some people, driving cars is just transportation, but to others, it's a passion. And for me, it's been a passion, and I know for a lot of listeners, it's a passion as well. I see everybody's cars driving around Las Vegas and all the hot rods and the clubs that there are and the hot rod events down at Water Street. I mean, it just goes on and on. It's amazing. But so you have to start thinking about this, okay? And honestly, there is no arbitrary cutoff. It's not like, okay, 65, turn your license. You know, maybe in the older days it was like that, but today it's not. There is no arbitrary number that you have to stop driving at. It's not mandatory. Excuse me. But I do want to talk about it because it's a difficult decision that comes with aging. And to be perfectly honest, it is really not fair to leave it up to other family members to have to take the keys away from you because that's a horrible situation for you. It's a horrible situation for them as well. So let's talk about some of the responsibilities and who it falls off to. At DMV, the Department of Motor Vehicles in Nevada, does have some requirements for senior drivers. Now, you may have noticed that the first time you got your license, if you were fairly young, It was renewable for seven years. Now, once you hit the age of 65, it's four years. You have to renew every four years. So they want to check you out, and it's not seven years anymore. If you are 71 or over, there is a mandatory vision exam that you must take because we know that our vision declines as we get older. Everybody knows that. There's also the potential of taking a written or road test for older drivers during the renewal process. If you're in the DMV and they notice something they don't like, they may ask you to take a written a written um, test again or a driving test again. It is up to them at their discretion. There are also restricted licenses. If they see something on the driving or the written test that they don't like, they can restrict your license. And that means no freeway driving. You must have an automatic transmission, so you can't drive around a manual. Not that anybody does anymore. There's very few manual transmissions on the road. There's no nighttime driving, and you're limited to driving 45 miles per hour or less. They also can restrict or suspend or revoke your license. And if you drive on a suspended or revoked license, those are misdemeanors and may result in a fine Mm -hmm. or jail time. So the DMV isn't fooling around when they're talking about making sure that you're driving and you're out there driving properly. Now, I know this is a tough one because if you drive down (laughs) anywhere in Nevada, in Las Vegas especially, they're terrible drivers out there. I, I personally, coming over here, saw three people run red lights. It's absolutely crazy. So, you know, you want to defend yourself. Hey, I'm a better driver than they are. And you probably are. But age does have something to do with it. So... The question is, are you putting restrictions on yourself already? Maybe you're only not driving at night. I know a lot of my relatives who are who are 80 years old decided that they're not driving at night anymore. Um, or you're reduced driving or you're not driving on the freeway. So that's very important that you want to keep on uh, making sure that you are putting restrictions on yourself. But what are the things that affect your driving? So what is making you slow down or go a little bit slower than normally would? Number one is we talked about decreased vision. Obviously, you may not be able to see as far as you used to be able to see or as clearly as you can see. Or maybe nighttime, you're seeing some of the glare off the reflections of the lights and the headlights. What about your hearing? How are you hearing? If you can't hear sirens or ambulances 
or or other noises that might come in the vehicle, then you might have to think about reducing your driving or driving certain times. How about your motor reflexes? Everybody slows down. We know that. Moving your foot from the brake to the accelerator takes a quick reaction time. If your reaction time is slowing down or you have some kind of physical ailment that you're having trouble transitioning from the throttle to the brake, that might be sometimes you might want to consider maybe not driving. How about neck pain? Yeah, I know that we have cameras in the car that show you what's behind you. The blind spot information system shows you what's on the side of you. There's a lot of great technology that helps you. But the bottom line, if you can't turn your head around to see what's going on, that's something you need to consider as well. Again, we talked about the leg pain and also concentration. If you're having trouble concentrating or doing simple tasks, that's something you might want to consider as well. So that's talking about the things that might affect your driving. So what can you do to keep driving longer if you're in good health? Well, you can keep your vehicle maintained. That's huge. Air pressure, if you check that once a month, you keep that correct pressure to keep your your car running well. And also, believe it or not, can increase fuel efficiency up to 3%. So that's a plus plus anyway. Keep your windows clean and your headlights clean. Most people clean their windows. They don't even think about their headlights. So if you keep your headlights clean, you'll be able to see down the road a little bit better. You can take a certified driving test from the AAA. I think AARP also offers those as well. So think about that. Obviously, common sense. This isn't just for elderly drivers, but for everybody. Don't drink and drive, and certainly don't text and drive. Those are big. Pay extra attention at intersections. We know the red light runners in Vegas. Get good sunglasses. People don't think about that, but glare is a killer. You've been driving out here, especially in the summertime with the hot sun. You want to make sure you have good sunglasses. That's going to help you as well. Watch your speed. Slow down, but not to the point that you're impeding traffic. And this is a big deal because Vegas is great. They've got great speed limits around here, 45 on a lot of the streets around here. And I see people going 25, 30 because they're afraid to go a little bit faster. But all you're doing there is creating what we call rolling chicanes. So you're creating the the incident. You're you're causing something to happen. So you want to watch your speed but don't slow down to the point that that you're not driving properly. Allow sufficient following distances for less responsive braking times. Yeah, it's a little harder transition from the brake to the throttle. Just back off the other person in front of you. Give yourself a little bit of time. Stay off the freeways if they make you nervous. Absolutely. We know people here, the speed limit is 65. I've seen people do 85, 90. It's just crazy. They don't pay attention. But if it makes you nervous, stay off of it. What's nice about Las Vegas area is that there's tons of surface streets. You can pretty much get anywhere on the surface street. Think about Eastern. It runs all the way from the top of Sun City all the way down past downtown. So if you want to take Eastern, yeah, it's going to take you a little longer, but it won't make you as nervous. If you're not used to driving in inclement weather, especially when we get a little bit of snow or ice on the roads out here, don't do it. Just stay home. It's safer. Plan your route or learn how to use your navigation system, either in your vehicle or on your phone. And learn the technology, such as Apple CarPlay or Android Auto that's in your car. It's in there, so take advantage of it. Now, if you absolutely have to stop driving, if you've made that decision, it's not the end of the world. There's a lot of options. You've got Uber and Lyft, which is a big plus. You've got senior transport services. Some of them will do it for free. You've got public transportation. You have friends and family. But remember, don't take advantage. Offer to pay for gas or trade for home-cooked foods. That's always a plus. Um, We don't have autonomous cars yet. They're coming. Just hang on there a little bit longer. That's coming. But you can use delivery services for dry cleaning and for groceries and just about anything else you want. They have all kinds of things, Instant Cart, that will bring you food or whatever you need. Another thing to do is ask a family member to evaluate your driving. I just did for my cousin, and 
I evaluated that he was okay, but I said, you cannot drive at night. You don't see that well at night, but it's okay to drive. Some red flags for you and your spouse if you notice that the other person's driving poorly. Think about frequently close calls with crashes, dents, and scrapes. You know, they're having a lot of problems with depth perception. If you're getting an increase in traffic tickets or your family member is, think about that. Trouble with fundamentals, such as making lane changes or drifting in the lane or not using turn signals. These are all indicators of your cognitive abilities in driving or going down. How about not seeing traffic lights or colors or street signs clearly? That's really important as well. Or getting lost or missing exits or forgetting turns. All these things are flags to let you know that somebody may need to curtail their driving. But the bottom line is don't get frustrated or irritated. Don't feel ashamed that you're losing your independence. But the bottom line is you have to put safety first in front of everybody else. That is number one because you don't want to be the person who's responsible for the death or the injury of somebody else because you didn't take it into your own hands to make your own decision. Now, again, there are great benefits. Think about this. No car payment. If you don't have a car, that's always nice. There's no insurance payment. That's a plus. And no registration costs, which we know in Las Vegas. The number is huge. It's, it's just incredible. It's worse than Southern California. So that's, that's a benefit. But if you refuse, refuse to give up your keys and, and you keep driving, uh, anybody can make an anonymous tip to DMV, and your license can be suspended or revoked. So keep that in mind. And you don't want the police to get involved. So the bottom line is, you guys, just do the right thing before something happens and have a conversation with your family. So that's it for this episode. I want to thank you guys for listening and keep moving down the road. This is BJ Colleen for Vegas Voice. Mm-hmm.